It is Carcon Carne, the world's only food podcast recorded in a car. That car is my Mazda 3. I'm James Van Osdel, and the car is parked on Jackson Boulevard in the West Loop area. Sitting shotgun this week is Dan Doherty, creator of... Beardo Comics. And? Touching Evil. You're a busy comic creator. I'm a fan of your work, and I wanted to eat Mexican food with you tonight. (laughs) I'm in a car. I'm eating Mexican food. I'm doing an interview. This is the best. This is the best. (laughs) If I got paid for this, I can't imagine how happy my life would be. There's so good. (laughs) So good. Uh, So, Dan, I'm a fan of yours. I came to know you through your work. I met you at a Comic-Con, which is how all romances start, really. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm almost through all the Beardo books, which I love. I adore that comic strip. Thank you. Absolutely adore it. It's so funny. It is quintessentially you, by definition. It's absolutely me. I'm at the point now in the fourth book where you're wrestling with whether or not you should go back to teaching. Yes, versus having a full-fledged art career. Yes, that was a huge debate for me about a year or so ago. Uh, I I love the names of the books, Self-Employee of the Month. (laughs) Yep, still true every month. In, In fact, there's a sequence in one of the books, I think it's the most recent one I'm reading, where you talk about how odd it is to be out in the world because you're at home mm-hmm. most of the time and you know you're so eager to just get out of the house and do stuff yeah am i lucky to have you here are you excited to be here yeah i'm right now in a car about <laughs> to eat mexican food with james van osdell this is doing stuff this is huge <laughs> it's really well i mean anyone who is self-employed whether it's comics or art or not always relates to that i even had a pie chart at one point that mapped out like the average self-employee work day and most of it involves staying home and very little of it involves doing the thing you want to do you tend to do the things that you have to do like the networking and the i talk to maybe like dozens of people every day but i don't see a face until i leave the house you know well, i'm glad to get you out yeah you're the face so tonight we're at taco burrito king in the west loop it's our first mexican trip for carcon carne we're gonna bust out some food you got a burrito i got a burrito here's the tricky thing i came straight here for my office's holiday party mm-hmm. i've been eating pizza squares of pizza since about 3 p.m and i knew better but when there's when there are five pizza boxes spread out in front of me i can't resist it i think you're just training for this burrito i i i ate like a jackass uh, up until this point i'm (laughs) full and yet i've got a couple of tacos al pastor yep to enjoy you got yourself a burrito Uh, we're gonna pause real quick we're gonna bust it out and we're gonna eat food it's carcon carne okay i've got a brown bag full of mexican food you got the junior burrito, Jeez. which is forearm length. Yeah. That is huge. That's dense, too. That was a heavy burrito I just handed over. This might be considered a weapon in this town. I don't know. And I got the tacos al pastor. There's hot sauce in here. Uh, I do like the green sauce. Or do you prefer verde? I'm game for whatever. Which one's Green sauce is hotter, right? Not necessarily. If it's habanero, maybe. Okay. I say give it's it a something. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to do this in the car. It's going to be sloppy. Again. It's going to be sloppy. That's what's going to happen. That's, that means it's a uh, success. It smells so good. Can you smell that through the, the, the earpiece? I can, I can, no, actually, I can smell because I'm sitting right next to you. I mean the, the people at home. Oh. <laughs> Anyone at home, do you smell this burrito? It's that good. That looks magnificent. Is that a chicken burrito? Yes. Chicken and burrito. I'm glad I only got two tacos. These are huge, too. These are like little... Yeah. Yeah, those are side weapons. This uh-huh. is the main... This is the bazooka, but those are two hand cannons. Now, we got here early in the evening, so the place was... Empty, we got in, got out. Food's affordable. There are Taco Burrito Kings all around the greater Chicago metro. There are. Traditionally, when you go here, you're probably drunk. Odds are. Probably ordering something like a King Burrito. Mm-hmm. But we're eating like uh, we're eating like adults tonight. Yeah. 
This is classy. And I got horchata. Are you an horchata fan? No, I'm not. I wish I was. It's kind of like drinking rice pudding. I, I like, like that. saying horchata. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I liked it too. Yeah, maybe not. Okay. So no, no on the horchata. It's fine. Little, little bland. Shall we take the uh, yeah. the plunge here? There is no easy way to look at this. My covered in sour cream. Oh man, slathered. I might <laughs> say. Lots of uh, lettuce and cheese or queso if you prefer. Okay, are you ready? I'm gonna go for it, dude. Cheers. Yeah, we're not standing on ceremony. We're doing a, a radio show in my car. There's no ceremony mm. here. Okay. This, mm-hmm. is, this is a pretty good burrito. Yeah, right on. Tacos del Pastor. Yeah. This'll do. I think you lied to me. You said there were napkins in here. Now there are a couple. I thought I grabbed some. Put them in the bag, no? Here, let you grab some. Okay, yeah, I will need these. Sorry, I, I might have gotten some pesto on there. That's good. Or some sour cream. Just more flavor. Just, <laughs> just more flavor. Try, trying to build community dinner. here, that's <laughs> all. This area, the West Loop, is so hard to park in. Mm-hmm. I used to go to school around here. Um, luckily, I had my school pass, but when I did not have that anymore, I stopped coming around here. And you still teach, like, comic book mm-hmm. or comic technique. I do. I teach comics at, um, at International School of Comics, which is about 10 minutes away from here. So what does that involve? What are you teaching? Like, how to come up with ideas, how to put them onto... We go through, it's a three-year course, and the first year is a lot of of fundamentals of drawing that I think you would get in, uh, I think, any uh, fundamental drawing class in college. Um, But we do try to aim it towards a lot more of the the comics or sequential art um, bent. Um, And, uh, yeah, that guy liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, I already spilled. I knew (laughs) wearing white was a poor idea. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm teaching year one right now, and I think I'm going on to year two with my class, uh, which gets a lot more into the actual storytelling, the, you know, panel by panel. Oh, the guy's honking at us. He wants me to pull ahead. I'm recording a food-based podcast in my car, dude. Yeah, they don't understand how serious this is. Does that work? I've got a microphone on my steering wheel. Hang on. I just disconnected us. She said thank you. I think she's good with it. She needed like an inch more space. Yeah. Although we're very close. We are very close to the next car. And I'm trying to trying to eat. Doesn't she understand how busy we are? Yeah. She's gonna walk by and wonder what in the <laughs> hell is happening in here. We should interview her. Uh-huh. What were you thinking? Alright, so sequential art. Mm-hmm. I'm a mess. I look like a four-year-old. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 right there with you. I've got a Lego Joker hanging off my keychain so um yeah sequential art we do um right now my students are doing um a a script of their own that they wrote 12 page script and then they uh are going to illustrate at least half of that by the end of the term and then they're doing a six page script that i gave them that they have to interpret so they're learning all kinds of different things about either (laughs) making the art or the script writing for comics this cannot be eaten in the car. No, you gotta. Holy, uh, yeah. This Mine is, is more consolidated in the foil. Yours is trying to escape. This is. I mean, I am a disaster. Yours is Steve McQueen bouncing the ball on the wall. Yes. <laughs> Mine. Like I don't even want to eat the second one because it, I. It's just all crumbly and. Mm-hmm. I mean, Didn't I really they realized we were going to be sitting in a car talking. Jesus, I remember you know when it, when I'd feed my two kids when they were infants, or I guess toddler age, and I. Spoon feed like sweet potatoes and carrots, and it would get all over the bib. I am that child with food all over his bib. You are. You look like my seven-month-old. Did you just have some uh, vegetables go rogue in between Something the seat? Went rogue, yeah. yeah. Okay. This is. Add it to the list. Pay. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, she's not even walking past the car. She doesn't even want to know. She does, yeah. She's actually probably just going to abandon the car. <laughs> so as, you, as you're teaching these kids and seeing their work, I mean, do you see kids who are doing stuff where you think, oh, man, he or she totally has it. Like, mm-hmm. get out of this kid's way. Yeah. they're um, The beauty part is they all came there, you know, they paid their own money. They're willing. Most, I mean, everyone is about at least 18 years or, or older. I think my oldest student's actually in his mid to late 30s. And... Um, so I've got different age groups and different skill sets, but I've got a lot of students who uh, who already I feel like could definitely make a go of it um, very soon. And what's cool about our, our school is that we try to teach them how to succeed in in the world of of the business part of comics too. Like, what's the secret there? Well, I think a lot of it goes back to like what we were talking about before the interview of like starting to understand the market that you're in, like networking more and, mm-hmm. and um, communicating and putting yourself out there as not just a brand, but as like a person, you know, that people can can relate to. It's interesting. People seem to forget the core thing behind social media. People go to social media to be social. Yeah. And when businesses and humans are just barking out links or promotional stuff, it doesn't connect and they wonder why. Well, that's not, that's not why consumers are on social media. No, they want to... It's supposed to be a diversion, if nothing else. Right. It's not supposed to be another space to hear another advertisement. But um, at the same time, you should be able to talk about your work. And if people mm-hmm. are into it, then they're going to follow it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like... Yeah, there's there's uh, there's a fine line. And I think that um, a lot of people are doing a good job of it. I feel like I do a pretty good job of... I mean, right now, I've been kind of a... Kind of pushing my stuff really hard. Well, let's talk about this. You yeah. are a social media success story. You... As of recording this, in early December 2015, you have successfully crowdfunded mm-hmm. a publication. Uh, yeah, I got uh, I got beyond my goal so far, and it's, it's still time to go left in the campaign. So yeah, I, I kickstarted a a 240-page hardcover of my comic, uh, Touching Evil, and uh, that's been great because that came from you know a, a complete labor of love to this, and I feel really. It's a couple years in the making, and it's kind of hitting the, the culmination. Well, it's now. a great story. It's so beautifully done. And, uh, Thanks. And a hardcover collection. That's fantastic. Yeah, so I, congratulations. Thank that, you. What, what a great achievement. Now, the thing about Kickstarter, well, the thing, I guess, about being self-employed, running your own show, you have to do all the research on everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming before you put the Kickstarter up, you had to research, how am I going to get the hardcovers published? Who's going to give me the best deal? Who's going to make the best-looking book? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean that's that's hours of research right there. Oh yeah, it's not even just the hours of research. It's an ever-changing field too. It's like I always keep hearing of companies growing and shrinking, so you kind of have to keep up with that. As I'm sure you're aware, you know, being in uh, industries that like you know move up and down and fluctuate all the time. No, radio just went up and then bottomed out. <laughs> no, completely okay. <laughs> There's no back up. It's just the valley. It's just a free fall. Okay, um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, basically, like, I, I, I think my time at, at Comic-Cons where we were talking about how we met. Um, uh, the beginning of the romance. The, yeah. Not, the, not to make this car experience weird. No, not at all. Not with this, you know, microphone <laughs> three inches from my face. <laughs> um, yeah, the, uh, the, the networking and the camaraderie that comes from those kind of shows is, is, I think, the best tool that people have as far as um, what to do with their work. You know, you just you talk to your, your peers and you say, hey, what, what works? And if they're cool, they'll, they'll tell you. And if they're not, they're probably not going to be around much longer. One thing that's circulating in my head, and I'll let you eat as I no. talk slowly here. <laughs> okay. I'm sure it's something that goes through the heads of everyone who you know, who you're friendly with, who you've been intimate with. Oh, my God, will this end up in a comic strip? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I've had people who 
actually ask me to be in it, which is flattering. Does that automatically disqualify them? Sometimes it def it well it, it definitely makes it harder for me because I feel like that there's like a, a pressure or an expectation, and I really like the jokes to be as natural feeling as possible. You know, like if, if I want the joke to be something hopefully that actually happened that I found humor in. And if not, then I want it to be something that I came up with rather than somebody going like, you know what will be really funny for your comic? It's like... Everyone's an expert. Yeah. And and sometimes people actually do come up with really funny stuff and that makes it worse almost because I'm like, well, I want to... I don't, I don't, then it's your comic. You should do that. Um, and for the record, if people want to read Beardo, where, where should they go? Uh, if they want to get a, a free sample, there's a ton of it on gocomics.com backslash Beardo. If they want to buy the books and see it in chronological order, which is my favorite way of seeing it, um, the website for that is beardocomics.com. Uh, syndication? So, yeah. I'm, um, that's such a weird term now, but I'm, I'm syndicated in a, in a newspaper, the Southtown uh, South newspaper in the south side of Chicago, and uh, I was in a couple other papers that until they folded. Um, Speaking of industries that are right. struggling. <laughs> yeah. I've had so many um, of the nicest rejection letters about Beardo that they're like, hey, we'd love to, but we're actually closing the comic section now. So. Rejection letters make an appearance in a lot of the Beardo strips. Yes, they sure do. <laughs> yeah. And they, they tend to follow a, a certain pattern, so I, I stopped taking it personally. Um, but, yeah, they, I, mean, I syndicated online in a sense uh, in that Go Comics is, I think, the largest site online for um, classic and modern comic strips. So mm-hmm. that's really cool to be in the company of, like, Calvin and Hobbes and uh, Bloom County and I think Garfield's up there, Dilbert. Speaking of Calvin and Hobbes, can we get a, a sticker, like a window cling of you urinating like Calvin? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> After this burrito. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I might be doing something else. <laughs> Um, yeah, I want to make some fun stickers, but I don't know. The Calvin one really bothers me because he doesn't want that sticker to exist. No, of course he doesn't. No, he didn't make that. They they just, people started doing it, yeah. So, going back to the strip, which I, I love, telling one-liners is very difficult in real life for, you know, I, I, this summer I did a live stage show where I'd have to do a monologue every week. Mm-hmm. And I found coming up with that one, two, three, you know, set up, into the punchline, I found that very difficult. I eventually found a groove. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you're doing in, in four panels or three panels. Yeah. I mean, coming up with one-liners. Yeah, somebody, uh, well, a friend of mine really compared it to, uh, I think succinctly to uh, tweeting, essentially, because you, you have a very limited amount of space to work with. Um, so when you say a sentence, you have to kind of cut it down to the core of what that sentence is, which in a way cuts to the heart of what the joke is. I think that's really what, mm-hmm. what makes it, you know, in some ways easier and other ways harder because you have to like do a little dissecting, but then you get down to something that's kind of like the, you know, brass tacks, what's, what's funny about it, and then you just do that. Mm-hmm. It's hard work, and being funny is not easy. No, I'm way funnier on paper, I think. I don't think I'm nearly uh, as humorous. I, I know my wife certainly doesn't think I'm as humorous talking out loud. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the proposal in comic strip form. Thank I you. feel like I know you. It's yeah, funny. people say that a lot, yeah. Because <laughs> you, you, put, you put so much of you out there. Yeah. Even if it's cartoony. Yeah, it's still m- mostly grounded in reality, um, which I really like because it... There was a time when I was trying to force the story to be something that it wasn't, and I was I actually I don't think anyone's ever seen that stuff, but um, but you know like it was it was way more of a interesting story the book for the books at least when I didn't know where it was going but I just you know lived my life and wrote about it it was really I think 
more relatable to people too because it didn't seem like I was trying to force something to be like a like a writer quote unquote I was just living life and talking about it as you've thrown so much marketing muscle and energy and time into the crowdfunding do, do, is it are you able to kind of run on parallel tracks with the, with the two the two sides the horror thriller drama side and then the daily kind of um, for now, yeah, I, I do wonder how long I can do it for sometimes. Um, Beard is a lot easier to do, even though I've, I've, I've considered quitting several times just because you get those moments where you're like, is this worth continuing? I suck. No one cares. Yeah, exactly. I'm putting all this work into it. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not rich yet. I'm not. No, I've, I've, <laughs> they're definitely not rich. Confirmed. Dude, I'm eating a burrito in a car. <laughs> yeah. um, there was a time I used to go to a radio station. And <laughs> we used to have I, tables. And people would bring in seafood. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I, I've considered it, but then I, I really enjoy it. And my fans have definitely um, made me change my mind a few times. Um, but I actually really like working on projects that are different from one another because I feel like it clears any cobwebs mm-hmm. in the uh, creative process. When you get stuck on one thing, I think it means you're taking it a little bit too seriously, and then you got to back off and do something else. Tell me about music. Uh, music is a part of Beardo. Mm-hmm. You're also in a band in re- IRL. Yeah. LOL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, FL something. I don't FML. Know. FML. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, yeah, I'm in a band called On the Off Chance. We just played uh, a show this past weekend at Chicago Street Pub, and it was great. Um, we we did a bun- mostly almost entirely an original set. We almost always do an original set, but we threw in some Christmas covers because of the season, and we actually threw in a little STP because of the circumstances. Yeah, um, and um, yeah, we uh, we're recording an album right now. Which uh, the goal right now is to have it out around spring or summer of next year, and we want to have it on vinyl. So we're gonna again. Probably go to our, our crowdfunding resources and see if people actually want that too. So, I bet they would. I would hope so. It, it, vinyl's more of a, it's an expensive endeavor, but it's way more fun. It's it's you know like I I like CDs, but CDs are just kind of like you 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 don't have the same attachment to them as you do with something like a, a vinyl. Record. It's so funny. I um, I was cleaning out my attic this past weekend, and I came across mm-hmm. the uh, vinyl record that I Fight Dragons mm-hmm. crowdfunded. They did a really nice job. The packaging. The artwork, everything about it was top flight, and I, I don't even own a turntable anymore. But I thought, oh, I'm really <laughs> glad I did that. Yeah, you I mean you know, it's cool is that they they still offer like digital downloads that come with mm-hmm. them, so you can, you almost have it as like I think it's like the replacement for for posters now. You know, it's like, not to say that I mean, there's some people obviously that just think vinyl sounds better, and I know I understand that that logic, and I, I get it, but I just like the idea that I have this really nice piece of art that goes along with my music, you know, and I listen to the, my records too, but I don't, I'm not an audiophile in the same way as some of my friends are. What was the first album you ever bought? Uh, it was actually on CD. It's period. Um, well, if we're going off a cassette, uh, I want to say it was, um, it was somewhere, it's, it's either like Michael Jackson's Thriller. Sweet. Or, um, this is weird, In Vogue. <laughs> really? I had to, I remember I had to buy it for I mean I loved it don't get me wrong but I had to buy it for something to do with school because we had like a I don't remember what it was there was some sort of assembly or something and you had to know this one song off of it uh, it was free your mind sure um, the rest will follow yeah mm-hmm. be colorblind don't be so shallow um, <laughs> but the first CD I bought coincidentally enough with again the circumstances was Stone Temple Pilots Purple and also the Crow soundtrack which had uh, Big Empty yep. from Stone Temple Pilots which then I 
got into a bunch of bands off of that from there. Like Jesus and Mary Chain was on there. Nine Inch Nails was on there. Kill Cult was on that. Kill Cult was on that. Um, The Cure, Mm -hmm. which I had heard The Cure, but I think I started appreciating The Cure more after that. Well, that's Um, a great song on that soundtrack too, Burn. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really cool set. And that's, is that the opening track on it? I think it's. I think it is. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it basically it's a it's a one-two punch of them and I think Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, doing Joy Division. Yep. Dead Souls. Yeah. Oh, that's, again, uh, and then Rage Against the Machines on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was, that was a big soundtrack. It was. And I was way too young to be listening to it. And I <laughs> loved every second of it. And Which makes me feel old because I believe I was playing that on the radio as you were hey. listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I probably heard. I learned it from watching you. <laughs> but I was, I mean, I, I was a kid who, um, when music was starting to become important, as quote yeah. unquote, was like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots, even though they were hated for most of that era. They absolutely were. Yeah. They never, I could never officially defend them when I was a kid because they always were just basically just uh, they arrived too late yeah and they were they were I guess too radio friendly they weren't pissed off enough but you go back to that that first album Cracker Man and Sex Type Thing are so good yeah uh, that first album uh, Wicked Garden is a great song I love Wicked Garden and that wasn't even really a big single for them it was plush and creep and uh, what else there's another one on there well Sex Type Thing too was definitely a big single I remember I just started at Key 101 the alternative radio station, as an intern. Mm-hmm. This was 93. And at the time, Q101 had just switched format to alternative. Before that, it was adult contemporary. And Q101 was calling itself alternative, but it was very conservatively alternative, dipping its toes into that water. I mean, yeah. they were playing stereo MCs, but also maybe Tom Petty, like or, or um, that Life is a Highway song. Mm. Still appeared, but also Friday I'm in Love by The Cure. Very tenderly, and I'll never forget, every week, uh, all the local record promoters would come in, and they'd line up, and they'd go in, they'd have their 10 minutes with the music director to promote what they're working on, let, okay. them, let the music director hear what's happening. And the music director would occasionally say, okay, we're going to put your record into rotation this week. And okay. I'll never forget, in like this waiting room, hearing the Atlantic Records guy get on the phone, he was so excited, get on one of our landlines, calling the office in New York, we got the acoustic version of Stone Temple Pilots plush added into rotation. It's the first grunge record Q101's ever added. It was a really? big deal. So wow. before Nirvana made it, it into Stone rotation, Temple before Pilots. Pearl Jam, it was the acoustic version of plush. Crazy. Which is such a pussy move. Like, yeah, we're going to play grunge, but it's going to be this it's gonna acoustic It's going to be the acoustic version of plush. And actually, plush is not one of my favorite songs of theirs, cause, maybe because it gets played so much. Mm-hmm. But that acoustic version really hit with people, too. Oh, was, man. Yeah. Um, crazy. So I was listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about STP and the guys who were talking um, are exactly my age. So I think we had almost identical experiences. And they said something that I remembered in hindsight, that STP, the year that Core came out, got um, voted the worst band of the year by Rolling Stone <laughs> and the best band of the year by the critics poll in Rolling Stone. Isn't that amazing? At the same time. Mm-hmm. Same year and everything. Yeah. So... You know, I, I feel like I've said this on the podcast before. Um, the transformative moment for me with STP was seeing him live. Mm-hmm. Because Scott was such a charismatic frontman along the lines of Iggy Pop, along the lines of Mick Jagger. Yes. I mean, David Bowie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, swagger goes a long way in rock and roll. And he was just head to toe loaded with it. Mm-hmm. I saw them for the first time live that I could go see them was Tiny Music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was like 97. And... Um, and yeah, he was insanely um, all over the place, and it was gr- and in a good way. A good way, he was really like 
singing right on 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 with the songs on point but he was like writhing like an animal and at one point the grim reaper came out on stage not to this is not meant to be morbid but took took off his mask and it was dennis rodman <laughs> and then scott wyland <laughs> rode dennis rodman around the stage and kept singing his songs rodman appeared in the weirdest places he really did <laughs> rodman just kind of showed up and yeah things ensued Rodman missed his calling. He was a rock star trapped in the body of a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny. As I was going through my attic, I found all my old archives, and I found a cassette tape appearance of Rodman on the radio. Because he occasionally, when he had downtime, would just show up and do radio shows. Mm. He needed a lot of guidance, but he would just get on the air and just start yammering. I don't think he could ever sit still. I mean, do you remember like when he was on the Bulls, he'd have that um, that um, bike machine on the sidelines and you'd be yes you'd be cycling in between um the, on, the, on the breaks like whether it was with the quarter breaks or like even on some of the timeouts he'd be like okay i'm gonna go on the cycle i'm like what is this guy made out of <laughs> i went to see uh last weekend i went to see a milwaukee bucks game um it was my son's birthday i wanted to do like you know a big man event sure so i thought okay let's go to the bulls game the bulls were in town uh, last saturday night not that i forgot but i needed reminding Bulls tickets are so cost prohibitive. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I jumped on StubHub and got Milwaukee Bucks tickets, like not far from the court for like a third of the price of oh, really? really bad Bulls tickets. <laughs> right. I mean, granted, the Bucks are at the bottom of the NBA, but still, still, it was a live basketball game. It, it, I kind of you know scratched that itch. It's good. I mean, I live basketball is pretty fun. Um, I haven't been to a game in forever. I'm lucky I got Garrett's to see. Back? Yes. Um, I'm lucky I got to see the Jordan Bulls at one time, mm-hmm. and that was just a sheer fluke. But, yeah, Bulls tickets, I think I actually looked at them a year ago or so for some reason. Yeah, they, <laughs> they're still pricey. Yeah, I mean, for for one game in the season mm-hmm. where, where the stakes are low. Yeah, it's not like a playoff game or anything. Right. Yeah. Just not, it's just too much. But we made a total man's night. We stopped by Epic Deli on the way out there, which is in Johnsburg, which is way northwest, like McHenry County, because okay. they have a sandwich named after me. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> what is the James Van Osdell? It's it's actually the JVO. Okay, it's JVO. Open-faced barbecue sandwich on cornbread. Awesome. Topped with bacon, deep-fried pork belly, pulled pork, fried pickles, Carolina mustard uh, barbecue sauce, coleslaw, and served with a side of honey. Holy moly. It's fabulous. That's... <laughs> That's what makes you. That's, that's you in a sandwich. That's me, in, that's me in a sandwich <laughs> with the honey. Of course. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, they do all kinds of insane, huge, over-the-top sandwich creations. My son had some chimichanga-style sandwich that was stuffed with chicken tenders, uh, cheese like cheese sticks, like mozzarella sticks. Holy cow. Pork, root beer barbecue sauce. That was what we did for man's night. You didn't try to do that in the car, though, right? No, no. We, we be, sat down. Yeah. I and think I would see evidence of that in here. I, I left there feeling like a bad parent, feeling like a bad human. Like, <laughs> I, just, I, I don't want to see any basketball. I just want to, I just want someone to put me in bed Pearl and rub my up. tummy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you eat your sandwich? I had about three quarters of okay. the JVO. Okay, but you ate you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's so meta. Yeah, that's really like a snake eating his own tail. I mean, exactly. It's you in a sandwich. So, all right, Dan. Um, to catch up with you, 
If yeah. people are interested, and I hope they are, because can't say enough. What a talented guy you are. Thank how, you. How lucky am I to have you sit in shotgun I'm tonight? I'm honored to be here. Oh, stop. Uh, all right, where can people find you on the, the World Wide Web? Uh, you can find me at beardocomics.com uh, for all my books. You can go to Facebook and find me under Dan Doherty, or you can like, like my pages, Touching Evil, Beardo, um, and the band's pages on the off chance. And uh, you can go, again, to gocomics.com backslash Beardo if you want to read my comic. You know, even if you wanted to work with the rest of us suckers, you don't have the time. <laughs> I got to eat I got to eat in the car. That's how busy I am. Yeah, you got a lot going on. Dan, thank you so much for being part of the podcast. Thanks for having me. And if you're listening and you like what you heard, uh, tell a friend. We we could use the help. And I say we because I'm including Dan right now. Um, Carcon Carne is on Twitter at Carcon Carne, carconcarne.com. And if you feel the urge for really $1 a month, you can help support the future of car-based meat podcasting. Uh, the link to the Patreon <laughs> page is there, and it does help because, you know, these meals aren't cheap. Uh, so whatever you could do to help support the future of car-based food podcasting, I'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. <laughs>